0: Core, a show on Code Zero Radio that plays bands located in the Fox cities. A show to find and discover new music.
1: Hosted by Andy McNamara.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Fox City's Core. I'm your host, Andy McNamara. And you're really tuned in for a great show today. If this is your first time tuning into Fox Cities Core, we feature artists and entertainment in the Fox Cities. We give our listeners a chance to call in, ask questions. We'll take questions uh, through the social media live stream accounts. We are broadcasting simultaneously on WCZR Code Zero Radio along uh, with Facebook and YouTube. My guests in the studio today are, yeah, it's a show I've, I've been looking forward to for quite a while. It's my, uh, if I can call them friends, Gavin Schmidt and Eric Walterkins, hosts of the Milwaukee Mafia and the Fox City's Murder Mayhem Podcasts. Welcome to the show, you guys. Thanks, Andy, for having us. Yeah,
1: I'm pretty excited. I'm not going to lie, really clenched up in the butt area.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you guys have been been doing these shows for a while. Now, I want to let everybody know you guys have been friends since, I believe, kindergarten. Is that... That's what Uh, Eric says. So this is disputed.
2: Might might even be pre-kindergarten. See, I don't remember this at all. But that's what he says.
0: What's your story, Eric? When did what's your first memory of the two of you together?
2: Well, I guess the first memory I would remember is when we we were at his house and we were making the little movie with the video game figure or the uh, action figures. So. I don't know when that was, but... Yeah, that I remember. I mean, that's a few years... That's not kindergarten. That's no, a few that's years the, later, but... That's probably second, third grade, maybe. Sure. So, but it's been a long
0: time. And, Eric, you've always... You've you've been... Since I've known you, I haven't known you as long as Gavin, but you've, you've been in entrepreneurial stuff, and, Gavin, as long as I've known you, you've been, like, a history guy. Um, yeah. History, as long as, like, <laughs> pop culture, movies, films, stuff like that, and... You guys ended up colliding and putting your talents together to do these podcasts, which are very interesting, by the way. And maybe it would be a good start uh, to let everybody know what the podcasts, the the names again, and what uh, they entail, what what they're going to get if they tune into those podcasts.
2: Right. Do you want? Do you want this? No, you go ahead. Okay. I'll do. I'll do is podcast two. You do podcast one.
1: Okay, which one's one and which one's two? I think
2: you can figure that out. Okay, well, our our primary
1: podcast is the Milwaukee Mafia podcast, which, you know, if you search Milwaukee Mafia, you'll find it. Uh, And we roughly chronologically go through the whole story of organized crime in Milwaukee and the state from the early 1900s up to today. Right now, for those who listen, we're up to about the 1950s. So,
2: Yeah, and the second podcast is... Called Fox City's Murder and Mayhem, and we created that one after Milwaukee Mafia. We just kind of got our feet wet with Milwaukee Mafia, saw the success, and something I've always wanted to do was have a very localized podcast. I feel like local podcasts is kind of an untapped market, something that's upcoming, so I wanted to create something that was local, and Gavin had written a book, Fox City's Murder and Mayhem, which was just murders that have happened around the Fox City. So. I propose the idea to him, well, could we turn this into a podcast? And so they we started that shortly after, probably three months after yeah. Walking Mafia, yeah. I would say.
0: So when when you were, you've you read Gavin's books prior some always, of them. He knew about them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, don't, don't make him lie. He doesn't read. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> was the subject something that was interesting to you, or were you more interested in how to get these stories in more of a sort of a, a podcast-adjustable format?
2: Honestly, when, when we first started talking about Milwaukee Mafia, the Mafia really has no interest to me, or didn't. I didn't really get interested until we started making the podcast because it really forced me to listen to the stories and find out how, what the mafia was all about. And being that I come from an entrepreneur side of things, the mafia is actually, has become very interesting to me because the mafia is essentially a business. So it's kind of, it's a business with murder thrown into it. So it's kind of like the perfect blend of us two. You know, I like the business side. He likes the killing <laughs> side.
0: So in, in both podcasts kind of follow a similar format. Eric's the, the host and kind of the, the MC of the show and then Gavin comes in with the, the historical side. Is it hard? Like where are you finding these topics for each episode? Is it from your prior books? Or are you doing research specifically for these podcasts?
1: Well, it depends. Uh, the Milwaukee Mafia one, most of the research has already been done um, just from previous book research, and I have to fine-tune it for podcast notes, but they're basically already put together. Fox city's Murder and Mayhem, sometimes a week prior, I don't know what the topic is going to be. So um, I've got a list of stories that I know are out there, but they're not researched yet. So I'm like, oh, I got got to get on the air next week i better pick one of these uh, so that's really on the fly but it's fun and exciting to have that week-to-week deadline and even though i do love the true crime and i love the the mafia stuff um kind of like eric was saying i i love the local what really makes it local you know it's not as huge of a market necessarily but it's something that I think people can really connect with more. So I enjoy those stories when people are like, "Oh yeah, I know that name or I know that business or so." It's really fun just like finding these stories that aren't out there yet.
0: How's the the listenership been for The Fox Cities? Cause obviously, the Milwaukee Mafia is a bigger market. That doesn't mean that just because it's Milwaukee you're getting, you know, specifically people from Milwaukee tuning in, but has the response to Fox Cities Murder and Mayhem been good
2: it actually has been good um it is significantly smaller than milwaukee mafia but do due do the fact it's not just that for the first probably eight months of milwaukee mafia we were doing it on a weekly basis so obviously twice as many episodes you get twice as many downloads so and on top of that the fact that obviously we're reaching a smaller viewership with fox city's murder and mayhem um I feel like the amount of downloads we get with that one are pretty good for the market that we're trying to tap into basically. So, yeah, I would I would agree with that and jumping off
1: of that point, mafia is just built in. I mean, you you put mafia on something, you say, look, this is the Amish mafia, and people will turn in, will tune into it just because of that word. It really grabs the attention of some people. Whereas Fox City's Murder and Mayhem, I mean, it's basically building from the ground up there's no built-in market there so uh it i think it's doing well i wish it did better but considering the fact that we're basically starting from you know square one with that one without any you know people aren't actively going online and searching fox city's murder and mayhem so i think it's going well considering what we have to start with yeah
2: definitely
0: how did you did, did you research for the name obviously wanted something like, No, actually no. that was just the name
2: of the book. <laughs> oh. If you a Gavin's book is called Fox City's Murder and Mayhem. So we're just like, can we make that a podcast and then we're and then I'm like, Gavin, can we use the name and not have your publisher get mad at us and he's like, yeah, they won't care. <laughs> they so, won't care.
0: So, <laughs> how many books do you have published currently?
1: As of this moment, there are 9, but there's supposed to be a 10th one out next month. So, I say supposed to be because I, you know, until I see it, but yeah, supposed to be 10 next month. Busy guy. Yeah. Can I, can I throw something in? This is totally random. Okay. I wasn't, I was not here for this. I was not here for this. So Eric, correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. (laughs) So Eric was at some event where he was like talking about podcasting and he mentioned the names of the podcasts and he got called out by a dude in the audience. (laughs) The guy's like, you can't use those; those are already existing names. The guy got really upset about it.
2: Apparently, I didn't see it, but yeah, yeah, that's exactly what happened. He's like, and I'm like, he's like, he's like, you know that those are both books, right? And I'm like, uh, yeah, the guy that I do the podcast with wrote the books. <laughs> and he's like, oh, <laughs>
1: like, so yeah. I think that's pretty funny, but I'm also. I- you know, I'm am flattered that the guy knew those were books. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so somebody's reading Gavin. Somebody's books reading out there, <laughs> <up> there <yeah. laughs> And uh, Gavin, do you? I mean, you've, like I said, you've, you've you've got a big interest in movies. Do you? Sure. What's What's your biggest passion as far as when you when it comes to books? Is it? Do you do you enjoy like Wisconsin history? Or do you sure. enjoy pop culture?
1: Sure. Okay, that was a not at all where that question was going. I, don't wanna, uh, I I have a very narrow window of what I read. I love Wisconsin history, um, and I mean it's basically what I do professionally, so it's both a personal and a professional interest. Um, otherwise, I I read philosophy, very boring philosophy stuff. I don't read too much pop culture. I do read about movies because I love movies, but um, that's secondary. And beyond that, like I almost never read fiction and I get scolded so much for that, but I just don't. Um,
2: I just like learning. There's too much to learn. And I think it's, I think it's really interesting when you, one of the biggest things with our podcast is that Gavin does a very, very good job of taking boring history that people might not want to (laughs) hear. and applying murders to it to make it more interesting. And then you get that blend of local or Milwaukee history, as well as you get that blood and death so that people stay interested in it. So it's it's a very interesting format that he's developed that I don't think you see a lot in the podcasting space.
0: Oh, thank you. What do you think is the, the big pull towards crime murder podcasts? Because tying pop culture into it there's a show on hulu called only murders in the building which was written by steve martin and some other uh couple other people that kind of ties in uh they decided to do a podcast about murders in the building i don't know if you've seen it
2: i'm not familiar no i have seen it and it's very good so i highly recommend anybody take it anybody out there that hasn't watched it watch it
0: it's pretty funny and then in the new season of dexter that they had it centers around somebody's doing a crime murder podcast about the butcher from Miami and not to do any spoilers, but it seems like podcasts are so in our pop culture now as well, specifically murder and crime podcasts. Why do you think that is? I mean, I would
2: just say that that all stems from cereal. If you haven't seen cereal, but cereal is one of the biggest podcasts that's ever been produced. And it was based directly around a true crime murder. You know, it would, it was, somebody going in and looking at a murder and saying, was this person really guilty? So I think that's the biggest driver of it. And I mean, as we all know, everybody just loves, well, a huge faction of the community just loves murder. I mean, it's one of those mysterious, unknown things that people don't fully understand and find interesting to hear about. Yeah,
1: That seems reasonable to me. Yeah, uh yeah. I know, I know that in the last few years, and I think this is kind of what you're getting at. I mean, true crime has really exploded, both podcasts and documentaries and everything else. It's, it's bigger than the last five years than it ever. I mean, it's always been there, but uh, yeah, I mean, serials is probably a big part of that. And I don't know. I think also it's the marketing has kind of changed who it's tapped into because I don't think this is true for our podcast, but generally speaking, true crime, is catered towards women, which really surprises me because I wouldn't think that. I'd be like, why are women so fascinated with these terrible, heinous crimes? But actually, the bulk of true crime readers, listeners, documentary watchers are are women, and I think somebody figured that out along the way, and it's a whole new market that just wasn't there because people aren't catering to women often
0: enough. Have, have you done a podcast either Fox City's Murder and Mayhem or Milwaukee um, Mafia, either either podcast. Have you done one where the, a family member or relative of somebody that was featured has contacted you? Either been angry about anything or supportive? I don't think
2: specifically because of the podcast. No, but, I mean, you could talk about something because he's had plenty of experiences with that, with books and yeah. things like that.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, I've had many family members contact me, but I don't recall it specific to the podcast. Do you, do you want me to... No,
0: they, yeah, you can, but it's when they're contacting you, like, can you let us know how you do your research? Like, you're you're contacting these, I'm assuming, like, the FBI and places mm-hmm. like that to get information. Um, I mean, when they contact you, is it over facts that they might dispute or, you know, they're upset? I'll kind of let you expand.
1: Yeah, it's... It's happened where somebody said that the facts were wrong or something was misrepresented. Um, that's extremely rare. More often than not, there's either a very small group where they're just upset that it's brought up at all, but the vast majority, I mean, 80, 90, 95 maybe even percent, if I get contacted, it's generally people saying thank you for bringing it out there. Um, I get that a lot when I do live appearances. I have people who come up after and they'll say, Hey, my grandfather was in your book. And I really appreciate that because, you know, we knew, we knew something was up, but our parents wouldn't talk about it. And we've got that extra step removed now where, you know, if you're, if your parents are out there committing crimes, you may be kind of embarrassed about that. But if your grandparents are out there committing crimes, (laughs) That's not as embarrassing. Then you could be like, Hey, that's pretty cool. You know, Mm -hmm. not that it's cool to go out and kill people, but, (laughs) but you know, but you're that step removed where it's not a a blot or a shame on you directly. So I think like it's, it's reached that point where it's not, it's not where people are going to get upset. It's more often where people are just happy to know something that they kind of felt, but they never really understood. And yeah, that's that's most of the emails or personal contacts I get is people saying thank you or or they're just curious. They're like, I think my grandfather was this, this, and this. Have you ever run across this name? It's very rarely people are actually upset about it.
0: How, how are you finding the the stories that you decide to do? Because it seems like you're doing a lot of obscure stuff. Oh yeah, that's just it's <laughs> just stuff you just can't. Which I think is a cool thing about the podcast. It's, these are stories you just can't reach out and they're all like on some website, easily to digest. You, Eric said you did some from your book, but how are you finding the Fox Cities stories? The Fox Cities
1: ones kind of stumble from one to the next. So right now there's there's a streak of things in 1968. We're gonna be doing 1968 <laughs> for a while because I'll become aware of a crime And then I'll have to search and find all the old newspaper articles and that sort of thing. And in the context, not in the context, but you know, in the course of doing that, I'll see the other headlines and be like, Oh, here was another trial that was going on at the time, or here's another crime that they're investigating. And a lot of times it'll lead from one to another, or when one crime happens, you know, the newspaper will make reference. We haven't seen something like this since this other thing. So a lot of it is things, like I said, from week to week, I don't even know about. They're just, they tend to lead one to the next. And it's been fascinating because um, we just recently did one that involved bank robbery. And for the people from the Fox Cities who are listening in, which is, I think, most people probably today, uh, I had never known that in the 1960s the Sherwood Bank was robbed. And Sherwood, for anybody here who doesn't know, is... This small community, like right outside of Kokana, and and that had never been told to me. No one's ever like, "Oh yeah, when I was a kid, they robbed the Sherwood Bank." So like, just even finding these stories, I'm like, "Why are these not part of our conversation?" So it's been really fun stumbling on these things week to week and kind of bringing them back into
0: the consciousness. Have you done the Sherwood episode already?
1: It's recorded, but I don't think it'll be out
2: for. Yeah, it's going to be weeks. out until
0: probably February. I think and that sounds. Super fascinating for all the reasons you just stated. It's, it's stuff in our own backyard. You had an episode about the UFO Education <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Center in Appleton, which I found super entertaining. And uh, it, it really, it, I Googled it right away. And why the, I Googled a couple things uh, from a couple shows and why I asked if how you're finding the information because most of the google links that came back were links to your podcast (laughs) (laughs) all right but i did google the address and it like you say in the episode it's just a little house yeah can you maybe tell our listeners about a little bit about the appleton ufo science and education center and like i i didn't know anything about it and i'm assuming most people didn't but that's one reason to tune into the fox cities may murder mayhem show.
2: yeah you want this one I don't remember the episode well enough <laughs> to really say that okay. like, you probably should take it. Okay,
1: so I'll, I'll take this. But I, the reason I ask if Eric wants it is because that episode specifically is because of Eric. And Fox City's Murder and Mayhem, as the name strongly implies, uh, is very heavy on the murder, uh, much less so on the mayhem. And when I had kind of hinted to Eric that I had heard about a ufo story he was kind of insistent he's like we got to get that ufo <laughs> story uh so kind of put it together from there but yeah that same as anything else it's once you get a couple names that you can look up in the old newspaper archives you look them up they'll lead you to other names and you look mean, you know it's a lot of just um it, it, it's tedious work it's work i enjoy doing so it's not tedious to me But to most people, I could see it being very tedious because it's just a lot of searching in archives and then compiling what you find. And, yeah, so there was this place in Appleton, just a small house on Coolidge Avenue called the UFO Education Center. And it was run by this lady whose name was Charlotte Blob, but her name is spelled B-L-O-B, like Blob. Which, of course, somebody with the last name Blob is going to be interested <laughs> in space. Um, and she claimed that she had contact with men from Venus who looked like they were Norwegians <laughs> and, uh, had been on their spacecraft and that they were, uh, they wanted to help civilization steer away from nuclear power and, and live in peace with each other uh, and things that, you know, I mean, if, people are out there and they believe that i don't mean to knock you you know but to many people i think it sounds pretty strange so it, w- it was interesting just to see how many things came out of this and then there there wasn't that much murder or mayhem but there were a few interesting things where they got accused later on of brainwashing people um, a family ends up breaking into this house and um, kidnapping quote-unquote kidnapping their their daughter back because the daughter's been brainwashed. So... It's it's more of a of a cult story than a, than a murder or mayhem story but uh you know cults are just as fascinating if not more so we actually got a really strong response to that episode so you know maybe maybe we're wasting time on the murders just should <laughs> be doing more cults I don't know
0: uh, it was super interesting like I said I googled the address I found an old realtorcom or the house was sold like 10 years ago I was clicking around pictures inside the house and just imagining this Because I think you said in the episode there's like 10 people or more living there at any given time. Which brings me to my next question. Have you ever thought about doing like a Fox City's Murder and Mayhem like bus tour? Like if this podcast picked up. Yeah. I mean, do you think that would be something that would, even as like a one-off, do you think that's something people would sign up for to pay to drive around Appleton and see some sites from Fox City's Hmm. Murder and Mayhem?
2: I mean, I guess we've never talked about it. I've, but, I've never thought of it. But, I mean, there's been... Gavin has kind of kicked around the idea for a very long time of of doing, like, an app in Milwaukee for the Mafia. from Takes you from site to site and tells you about the different sites in Milwaukee. So I think if we were to do something along those lines, I don't know that we would do a bus tour, but maybe just an app that took you on a walking tour of the Appleton area. But actually, the I think the bus tour would be I mean as it long as we had enough people yeah why wouldn't it work yeah. you know so I mean you'd
0: I, have to rent the bus but yeah I, yeah.
2: <laughs> I think it'd be Hence, cool Hence, we need enough people <laughs> yeah
1: I think it'd be cool it's it that to me almost walks the fine line because I I'm approaching these things as history you know I'm not trying to sensationalize or or really, you know, make a spectacle of them. Uh, I mean, I guess that's that's naturally part of it, but that's not the intent. So I'm not opposed to the bus idea. I like the bus idea, but I don't know how much I'd feel comfortable being the one to lead it, because I wouldn't want to be like, look at the terrible thing that happened <laughs> Dude, here. Yeah,
2: that is true. Yeah. Taking, taking somebody to their house on Coolidge Avenue and yeah. saying it was a UFO, you know, <laughs> cult
0: at one point in time.
2: So...
1: Yeah, so... It, but it's something
0: to think about, definitely. That I I would sign up. Just to get <laughs> a, I'll buy a ticket for that that bus tour. It just seems like something that might go over well during like a mile of music, or you know, I don't know. Anyways, oh. just throwing it out there to see if you yeah. guys ever oh, thought of yeah. thought of that because you already are like laying the groundwork and coming up with like a list of places in Appleton that nobody knows about. Well, mm-hmm. unless you're like a small handful of people, possibly, but they're not putting the information out there. Right. So. Uh, another thing i wanted to ask you about you did an episode uh recently i don't don't have the name of it here but you talk about um a place off prospect which is what's called the colonial inn do you ever get small details wrong because you guys call it the colony Inn in the episode and it drives me nuts (laughs) is it okay okay and i only know this because i stayed there for my 21st birthday with my brother and uh, a few other people and that was the dirtiest like trashiest hotel you mentioned in the episode that there was, and this is, your story takes place in like, I think 1970. Mm, and you mentioned there, that there's blood stains or stains. And there was in 1999 too. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, this place was trashy, but again, it was something I did not know this story ever happened there. And uh, just to kind of condense it down, there was an, a, kinda, it was a former police officer in off mm-hmm. duty that would moonlight doing security at the Colonial Inn. And he ends up disappearing and, they find he murdered, his body dumped in Wapaka. Yeah. Right. And it's interesting because for me, it's like this place is in my memory because we rented two rooms for $25 each in 1999. <laughs> and just hearing the descriptions, like it's like, I didn't know that that took place, you know, at this colonial inn, which again is something that I find fascinating about your show and why it's pulls you in. And I, I was talking to my wife and I said, it's almost like you're, watching tv or a tv show like i find myself listening very interested after the show gets over i find myself very entertained but then i have to listen to like go back and listen to episodes again because i was so entertained that i sort of like couldn't recall things mm-hmm. afterwards but um oh man we
1: found our listener here. yeah yeah
0: <laughs> but i mean i guess i it's where that was going was small little details like the colonial and colony and do you ever feel, you find something like that, you're not so detail-oriented where you feel like you need to go back and, oh, no, we said colony and then it's colonial. And do you feel that maybe having a podcast now, especially dealing with historical aspects, do you feel a little weight on your shoulders as far as we have to get this right? Because otherwise, we're gonna people are going to replicate small details that might be incorrect and they'll just keep getting replicated, replicated like a bad game of telephone. Yeah, well, I, no, guess, I, I, I guess
1: I gotta take that one, huh?
0: Yeah, I guess I I've
2: never really thought about that. So, uh any mistakes, I mean, I'll
1: I'll own that. That's on me. Um I I don't know specifically about that how that got goofed up. My guess is that when researching that episode, I was not specifically researching that building. And so that's that's on me. If I would have done that if i got the name wrong i would have realized i got the name wrong um i was researching specifically the crime and at the crime at the time of the crime i think it was called like the embassy or something it had a different, yeah, had had a different name, names, yeah and and yeah so that's that's on me the problem i ran into with that episode specifically is i did less research from scratch from the newspaper articles. I did some, but there already was a website, which was very detailed. So I was like, I'm not reinventing the wheel for this one. I'm just going to take what they have and modify it. So I'm not plagiarizing them. And, uh, you know, maybe that was in, in theirs. And now see, now I'm doing what you were just suggesting. Like, Oh no, now I've copied <laughs> something incorrectly that, <laughs> that they did. Um, so I mean, yeah, that, that would definitely be a concern because that's something, that's something I've run into a lot with the mafia stuff, and not so much with with my own writing or my own, you know, speaking or whatever. So much, but you do see that you see where somebody puts something out there online, typically online, and I don't know if they got it wrong or if they just completely made it up or where some of this stuff comes from, but. You know, once it's out there, somebody else will take it and then they'll put it on their website and they'll put it on their website and so on. And that's that's a thing like there's for for people who are interested in the Milwaukee Mafia. If you look up like, you know, don't do this because it's you're going to get terrible results. But if you look, if you look up like current members of Milwaukee Mafia, you'll find lists out there. And I'll tell you right now, those lists are crap. They, they're, they're not real. But somebody put that list out there and then other websites are like, Oh, here's all the members that are in Milwaukee right now. And half the names on that list, I think they just made up. I don't even think they're real people. So yeah, I'm, I'm aware that once something is out there, it's, it gets duplicated. So it's something I'm conscious of. And yeah, if I. If I goofed up, which apparently I did. (laughs) Uh,
0: It's a minor. I was just using that as the lead into the question. No, 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 but it's,
1: but it's a, it's a valid point. It's a valid point. I mean, it's, it's name should be correct. So if that was goofed up, we should issue a correction because that's, we don't want that out there. We don't want people passing along false information. We have to rely on being
2: truthful and, and you know, that's our credibility there. So. And I think it's probably important to mention, to point out that we do just simply don't have the resources to... I mean, something as small as that, yes, it is an error, but we don't have the resources. We don't have the team that can thoroughly research us like somebody that is a huge podcast. I mean, we are so, the team. Yeah, we are the team. Well, we do have a producer now. So, yes, we do. Yeah. We do. But as but, far as the
1: going into it...
2: Yeah, so... Yes, we would like to get, we try to get everything as correct as possible, but being in the narrow niche that we are right now, you know, there are going to be mistakes made, and we hope that our listeners, like you were doing right now, will point those mistakes out to us so that we can issue corrections for them, but, but you know, we, with the limited resources we have, at least we're getting this content out to people, as opposed to it just being buried and nobody yeah. ever hears these. My, stories.
1: my apologies to the owners of the Colonial Inn. I'm sorry that <laughs> I'm sorry that your terrible establishment was misidentified.
0: <laughs> when, uh, when we were leaving, my cousin we were walking out. I was afraid she was going to say this. She turned around and just started yelling at the person behind the desk. But it was the dirtiest hotel ever. <laughs> it was bad. Anyways, um, I we I want to say hi to uh, uh, Donnie uh, Coulter said good morning from Ontario, Canada. Oh. oh. Thanks for tuning in today, Donnie. Um, I, I put together a short uh, clip of, it's a short little reel of just a few of your shows, a couple different ones, so people can kind of get a taste of what the Fox City's Murder Mayhem podcast will be like if they tune in. So uh, we're going to play this. It's about four 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 and a half minutes long, and then we're going to come back with more with Gavin Schmidt and Eric Walterkins. Hosts, creators of the Fox Cities Murder Mayhem Podcast and the Milwaukee Mafia Podcast. You're watching and listening to Fox City's Core on WCZR Code Zero Radio.
1: You're listening to Fox City's Murder and Mayhem, your bi-weekly dose of true crime history in a small rural community of Wisconsin.
2: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Fox City's Murder and Mayhem. I am Eric Waltekens. I'm Gavin Schmidt. And Gavin, let's get started with the topic. Alright, so I just want to say that we're still
1: in the long ago past here. Uh, I'll mix it up next time for people who are sick of the long ago past. But uh, this time we got a story called Orson Avery's Lucky Shot.
2: Cool name. Thanks.
1: All through the spring and early summer of 1876, so we're still way back. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> 1876, there had been many bold and clever housebreakings and robberies of well to do residents in Green Bay. They were so well done that they thought it must be an organized gang traveling around and breaking into these houses. The police were stumped.
2: Seems normal for this time
0: frame.
1: Okay. it's 2 a.m on the morning of june 18th and brown county board supervisor orson avery was suffering from migraines he groped his way down to the kitchen in the dark for a sedative on his way back upstairs he heard someone trying to open the bay window in his parlor he snuck back up to the bedroom he pulled his revolver out of his Nightside uh, table And he went back downstairs a second time By now the intruder had successfully Jimmied open the window And was working on the blinds
2: Avery couldn't see anything
1: But he let fly anyway
2: (laughs) Just for clarification Let fly means just open fire He opened fire fire. (laughs) Okay.
1: The burglar Leapt back through the window And took off running Avery snapped a couple more blind shots in the general direction of the footsteps. He then returned to bed. He was satisfied that he had scared the daylights out of the guy, and he would not again be a victim of robbery. The next morning, Avery wakes up, and he's startled by the sound of crows. Looking out his window, he sees the body of a man draped over (laughs) his yard fence, shot dead center through the heart. The birds had already begun to tear at the dead man's flesh. The body was taken to the firehouse, where an autopsy was conducted by Dr. Brett. During the course of this, strangely enough, Dr. Brett recognized the coat of the dead man and the underwear of the dead man <laughs> as belonging to Dr. Brett. So this is the story of the Henry Mead Bank also known as the Wapaka Exchange and Savings Bank, but that's harder to say. So it's just the Mead Bank.
2: And does this bank still exist?
1: It does still exist. Okay. It's not a bank, but the building is still there. Okay,
2: okay. So, but the bank itself doesn't exist anymore.
1: It does not operate as a bank, no. So there is originally a guy named George Ademsky, and he's a UFO researcher in the 1950s. And apparently, he's quite famous, okay. if you're into the UFO thing. Um, and he said he's out in the Mojave Desert, and a spaceship comes down, <laughs> but an alien comes out, and the alien's name is Orthon. And Orthon looks like a Norwegian man with long blonde hair, very tan skin, with reddish brown shoes. However, his trousers did not look like human trousers. <laughs> so... He talked he talked to this alien who explained that he was from Venus um and then took him to an interplanetary convention on Saturn where he met other aliens uh and then when he came back he got to this George Adamski guy got to have a private meeting with John F Kennedy and the Pope where they talked about this alien encounter uh most of this is probably not true but this is this is his story
2: uh this sounds very not true. Yeah. I guess I shouldn't pass judgment, but... <laughs> yeah,
1: and I want to be very clear up front. I, I have no strong opinion one way or the other on aliens and UFOs. But <laughs> this group we're going to talk about today, I think, is nuts.
0: Oh, well. We're back. We were uh, doing a little research there. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully you enjoyed the uh, the mixture there of the episodes of... Fox City's Murder, Mayhem. I had to uh, get a, <laughs> a little research there.
1: You got this? Can you see that? Where's the camera here?
0: Uh, yeah, that looks good. There's a uh, my receipt there from the Colonial Inn. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> which I think there's good reason why that place isn't there anymore. It was pretty nasty. <laughs> but anyways, um, we're talking with Gavin Schmidt and Eric Walterkins about the Fox City's Murder, Mayhem, and the Milwaukee Mafia podcast. These gentlemen run both of those. And I'd, I'd like our listeners to know that we are taking your phone calls. If you've got a question, um, comment on the live feed, or better yet, give us a call. want to say hi to Amy Walterkins, who says hello from St. Paul. Hello, Amy, and thanks for tuning in. Um, the number to call, if you want to call in, I've got it on the screen. It's 920-358-0795. If people want to find either podcast and listen to it, where should they go?
2: Well, every podcast is available on pretty much every platform. If you happen to find a platform that we're not on, please let us know, but um, otherwise, you can go to MilwaukeeMafia.com and you can find both podcasts. There is, what is FoxCitiesMM.com is the actual website for Fox City's Murder and Mayhem, but you can just go to Milwaukee Mafia and it's right there too.
0: Yeah, Gavin's got a great website that kind of ties some Milwaukee mafia. One, it ties in the books, the the podcasts, and everything. It's sort of like a one stop shop.
2: Yeah, if you are an information nerd, Gavin's website is probably one of the coolest things you'll ever check out. So yeah, so I I don't
1: think she wants us saying her name. I I she's kind of a behind the scenes person, but um we we have a very very good behind the scenes person who helps us out and helps me out specifically and the website has just been incredibly uh, rejuvenated over the last few months uh, yeah the show notes are there so if people prefer reading over listening to podcasts don't know why you would do that but but they're there um, and Things are getting cross-referenced there. One article will link to another article. We'll link them to the actual FBI files that some things are, some of the notes are taken from. So if you're really nerdy about it and you want to see the original documents that I'm using, those are linked onto the website. And uh, it's continually growing. There's things being added each week. So, um, yeah. And of course, you can always link to to the books buy the books if you want but it it really is just a great resource for going beyond the podcast to me the, the number one thing that i believe in is getting information out there i'm I'm not in it for fame or money i just really like sharing information with people so the, the website does a fantastic job of that
2: and i highly recommend that if you do listen to the podcast, go check out the website, look at the FBI files and realize this is what Gavin starts with <laughs> and then condenses it down into this podcast because it's quite amazing because an FBI file has got to be the boringest thing in the world.
0: <laughs> how, so. how, hard it is, how hard is it to get the FBI files from the FBI?
2: It's
1: not. Uh, it, it's gotten harder than it used to be, but not because it's harder to get them it's just the wait list has gotten longer. It used to be when I started doing this, you know, 10, 12, 15, whatever it is now. I don't know. Time doesn't mean anything anymore. Whenever I started doing it, the, you'd put in a request and you'd get something back in a couple months, you know, so relatively quick and now I've got requests that I've put out in 2017 I still haven't seen back. So it's it's gotten to the point where it's not that they won't give you the file. They'll give it to you. You just have to wait forever.
0: We, we've got a caller. You're on the line with Gavin Schmidt and Eric Walterkins. What's your question?
2: Hey, uh, great, great show. Uh, I'm really interested in this stuff now where I wasn't before, so great content. Uh, earlier in the show, they mentioned that Uh, they do crimes that normally didn't make uh, a popular uh, the papers. I wonder where they get their material from, where they do their investigative work that that maybe the mainstream press
1: had missed. Thanks.
0: Thank you for that call.
1: Okay. So, uh, as far as the Fox Cities one goes, that's primarily taken from the newspaper. So those are things that made the newspaper. The Milwaukee Mafia one is different because the way the FBI works, or at least used to work, I don't know if they still do it this way, but they would, they'd work the opposite of the police. The police, somebody reports a crime and then the police investigate it. The FBI is the exact opposite. They'll investigate somebody until they find a crime. <laughs> <laughs> so once, once somebody's on their radar, A file is open, and they'll follow that person for, at a bare minimum, six months. Any file is open six months. Some of the files are open for 10 years or more where they're following people around. And, you know, this is where they had lunch. Here's a sampling of their phone records of who they've been in contact with. I mean, they were... Very serious about it. If they thought you had any connection to organized crime at all or any kind of subversive activity, which in the 1960s, that's a pretty broad category, um, they'd open a file on you. So a lot of these stories, the reason they didn't make the newspaper is because they weren't supposed to be public stories. These were things that the FBI was writing in their paperwork. And at the time they were writing it, they didn't know this was going to be public. Because the Freedom of Information Act that allows us to request government documents didn't go into effect until some point in the 1970s. I don't know exactly when, but at that point, then retroactively, all the government documents become public and you get to see all the embarrassing things that FBI agents were writing in their notes that they didn't think <laughs> were going to go to the public. And, and it's, it's funny because then after, After the point it changed, they issued this, this decree saying put all, anything embarrassing, put anything embarrassing on the administrative page. Don't put it in the file, put it on the administrative page, which helped because when another agency like the DEA or the IRS or something would request information from the FBI, they'd send over the file, but they wouldn't send over the administrative page. But the administrative pages are now public too. So then you could, you get to see that page where they're like, here's all the embarrassing things that we're, (laughs) we're not supposed to talk about. So, uh, I don't know if that exactly answers the question, but there's, there's so many stories out there that didn't really make the paper because they weren't supposed to be known. They were things that they were, they were taking down notes of things that they were investigating, but it never reached the point that it was worth arresting and prosecuting somebody for or they couldn't 100 percent be sure that they had the right person because a lot of these times it's they're getting tips and they're fairly confident that they know who does what but you can't always rely on just somebody saying that somebody was the one responsible for certain crimes that's not a great way to you know bring things to trial is this guy says this is what happened. Like that's not. <laughs> it doesn't hold up in court very well. So,
0: uh, thank you for the question. And if anyone else has one, feel free to call in. We've got the number in the chat. We had a question from Greg Walterkins. Oh no! Do you have a white whale episode that you can't do for one reason or another? A white whale that we
1: can't do for one reason or another. So I think he's
0: asking, do you have like a? <laughs> I I'd, I have
1: an answer to that. Do you get an
2: answer to that? I can. Do you want me to? Go, go for it.
0: We do have multiple episodes
2: that... Well, first of all, we do have a rule of, for anything, it's pretty much got to be, what, 50 years old is typically what we try to stay at, just it, because it, people it, are still alive that maybe have connections to that. And it's, wanna, a loo- it's a loose rule, but yes. Yeah. But on top of that, there are stories out there that we are waiting to tell, but waiting for... Somebody directly related to that story to maybe not be a, with us anymore to n- avoid offending anybody if if that were to happen. See how
1: nicely he put that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: uh, yeah, I'll I'll reiterate that. Yeah, with the uh, the Fox Cities murder and mayhem, that is roughly a fifty-year rule, for the reason being that sometimes we get a little jokey about things um and we don't mean to be disrespectful about it and you know and and we're local we don't want somebody getting upset that we were making insensitive remarks about their parent being killed you know that's people don't like that uh so you know after the 50 year mark usually most people are kind of they're not as sensitive about things anymore and yeah, with the with the mafia, the, the mafia one, I have the limitation where the FBI doesn't release files on living people. So there are some topics that I really would like to tell, but the information isn't quite available yet, or not available as much as I'd like it to be. And also I run into the pro this is this is the legal issue where When I'm working off the paper, the paper is taken directly from the newspaper or an FBI file or whatever, and that's fine. But if we go off the cuff a little bit, I might accidentally say something that's not word for word exactly correct. And I'm very conscious of the fact that we live in a society where you can't say negative things about people without them getting, you know legal, I don't know the word, you know, but I don't want to open myself up to legal responses if I accidentally say something that I can't 100% document. So I try to avoid talking about living people for that fact. Not that not that we're going up purposely lying about people, but you have to have that documentation.
0: Makes sense. Thank you for the question, Greg. Uh, if somebody was interested in starting their own podcast, do you have any advice
2: well, the first thing I would tell anybody that's starting their own uh, podcast is that it is not nearly as hard as you might think it is. Um, the tools that they have out there today to create a podcast make it pretty streamlined. Just about anybody can do it. It's not expensive to start. Um, if you are local, I would definitely per- tell anybody that's interested in doing it, get involved. There is a an organization... Very small organization in Appleton called the Appleton Podcast Co-op. Uh, you can find them at appletonpodcast.com and they actually, it's just a group of people that are all podcasting. Um, believe it or not, in the Appleton area, there is over 16 podcasts that we have in this group right now and you can get connected with them and the people are happy to help out with learning how to create a podcast, you know, kind of give you the steps in the right direction. But the biggest part of it is it's like anything just get started with it because it's not nearly as challenging as you might think. And the biggest part of it is just doing it. So do you have anything to add to that? Uh, The
1: only thing I would add to that is it's the same as anything else in life. Don't be afraid to fail. Um, We we can speak from experience that, that our first several episodes, first six or seven, I mean, I don't know how long it was. um, We made some, some mistakes. And I think we've, we've come a long way since then. So if you, if you try it, it doesn't work out for you. I mean, stick with it, you know, learn from your mistakes and go forward. So uh, same, same as anything else. If it's something you really, truly believe in, just keep trying.
2: And despite the fact that, yeah, we made mistakes, we had audio issues in our first, probably five, six episodes before we figured out what the problem was. But I don't really feel like that ever hurt our viewership of our podcast. I from day one when we created that the Milwaukee Mafia podcast, I looked at the numbers of it growing and I'm like, I would have never expected this. So so even though it wasn't the best quality content out there, and it probably still isn't today, but as long as you have good content, people will look past the shortcomings of maybe your abilities as an editor or something like that and will
0: still listen.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm by no means a public speaker and people still tune in anyway. So, so thank you.
0: <laughs> we had a comment. I can't pronounce the name. Husqiu Viguel. It seems like a <laughs> fake name to me. It said vor.ngo. Go. No idea what that means, but... Okay, uh, they're watching on YouTube. Thank you for tuning in. Oh, okay. Do you guys have a favorite episode you've you've done where you, you just did it, it, got finished, and you're like, "Wow, that was that was awesome."
1: That's that's a you question.
0: Well, I mean, so
2: just so you know, I'm very much por- more partial to Fox City's Murder and Mayhem. That's mo- <laughs> I call that my podcast. So and. Like you, Andy, I love the UFO episode. (laughs) Pat on the back to me for that episode because that turned out... (laughs) And something I wanted to mention was when we first started talking about doing the UFO episode, Gavin just knew there was a UFO center in Appleton. Mm. He knew nothing more really than that, correct? Right. He And as he went down, I remember the day we recorded that episode Mm. that he came in and... He's like, wow, dude, there was a lot more to this than I thought there was. <laughs> like, So he's like, stand by, because this is way more than I ever expected this episode to be. So that was really fun to just kind of go down that rabbit hole and see that. Um, other things I really liked, like the Appleton Butcher episode. That's a really fun episode, because for anybody that doesn't know that story, that was, when was that the around what time? 1960 maybe in the 60s and people just started finding body parts around Appleton and in dumpsters and all just different places kids were kicking them around on playgrounds and stuff like that and that episode is just really interesting because I'd never heard that story before ever in my life and after we did that podcast I started asking people about that like do you remember this? And everybody is like, oh yeah, I remember when that was going on. And it's just, it's a weird thing that something like that happened right here in Appleton. And as of now, it's just kind of forgotten about, you know, and it's, it's great to have that captured and for us to remember those things. So, um, and on the mof- on the mafia side, my personal favorite thing is we have a Patreon and we do special episodes for the Patreon. That it's just it's much more casual, where me and Gavin just sit down and have a conversation. And I would say every one of those episodes is phenomenal. We we go into a deep dive into how he does his records, how he goes out and gets FBI files. What what do you go what? what goes into it, you know, what the challenges are with it, what, how he peruses that information and stuff. Just a lot of really good behind-the-scenes type stuff for the Milwaukee Mafia, which I think is just...
0: How can somebody be uh, become a Patreon supporter? And for somebody that might not be familiar with what Patreon is, can you let the listeners know?
2: So Patreon is just basically a... A program that you can support a local po- or a podcast. and um, if you go to Milwaukeemafia.com you'll see a banner right on there for Patreon. It's basically you pay two dollars a month and in addition to the free uh, bi-weekly episode that we create, when we're, when we don't have a normal episode come out, we release bonus content Patre- which Patreon content which is just available to the Patreon members to listen to. So, um,
1: I will I would jump onto the favorite episode thing. I don't necessarily have a favorite episode um, in general. To to me, what what really gets me is not any particular episode. I just my brain is weird, and and I love when things are networked, interlinked, interconnected. And what I love is how with the Milwaukee Mafia, each episode. No matter how random it is, somebody in that episode is going to come up that was in a previous episode. It's all just one continuous story, even when it doesn't feel like it. Now, I, and I will say, I agree with you on the Patreon, not the, not to pimp out the Patreon, but I will agree with you on that. What I love about the Patreon is, first of all, it is very casual. I don't come with any notes at all. We just talk. Um, but what I love is we have a question. And more often than not, Eric will have the, the list of questions and he'll be like, this question doesn't look interesting at all. <laughs> and then, and then after the 20 minutes, half hour, whatever it is conversation, he's like, there was a lot more going on there than I thought. And he ends up actually being really interested on something that he didn't think he cared about at all. And that to me is, is fun because he's like, this sounds so boring. Why would I care? But then he does. Yeah. So, uh, I think the Patreon would really have a lot to offer to people who, you know, might think that a lot of like the behind the scenes stuff is boring because uh, we don't present. I don't think we present it in a boring way. I think we actually really make it, it interesting. The, the, the idea of researching like, oh, that sucks. You know, oh, I had to do that in school. I don't want to do that. It, it actually can be fun if you're working on the right
2: topics. And and I do want to reiterate too what something he said. I do also love the Milwaukee Mafia interconnection. Like he is basically through this podcast, he creates a world, and you will see people pop up from from all different times of the world. I mean, right now we're in what the sixties? Are we not even yet? We just finished fifty-five. Okay, so the fifties. I mean, you might hear a name. That showed up in an episode in the twenties, and the fifties, or at least maybe not a name from, but a relative or something like that. And it's just it's just crazy how everything is interconnected. And I think that's part of the beauty of the Milwaukee Mafia, is because the Milwaukee Mafia was relatively small, so you do get that tight interconnection all the way along the history line of it. Mm-hmm. So,
0: well, I want to thank you guys for hopping on. Uh, it really was a pleasure having you guys on the oh, show. We're done already? I know, we're done oh. already. <laughs> uh, before we sign off, I want to remind everybody that um, Code Zero Radio, if, if you're watching us on any of our streams, you can tune in online, you can find us on TuneIn. Uh, if you go to live.codezeroradio.com, there's web links. Uh, lots of different ways you can listen to us. We've got lots of on-demand content if you download our app. Lots of cool stuff there. And we also have Ike Arumba starting up with a new show. If you guys have never heard of Ike, you might find his show very good. He's a, a musician from the area, but he's got a ton of good stories. He used to live in Seattle and uh, he's an endless book of stories. But uh, you'll want to tune in for that show Tuesday night after Amped Up, uh, 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. Let's end it with where, where can people go again to, to find out more about? about the podcasts and find out more about Gavin's books. Let's do the uh oh man the elevator pitch here Gavin, show. do your do <laughs> your
2: typical podcast pimple. All right. <laughs> at the end
1: at the end of every podcast episode, I get to say, you can find us at Milwaukee dot com. You can email me directly at Milwaukee at gmail dot com. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Milwaukee Anywhere you go and you type in Milwaukee Mafia, one way or another, you're going to find your way back to
0: us. (laughs) I love it. Thank you, Gavin Schmidt, Eric Welterkins, for uh, being on Fox City's CORE. And go check out Milwaukee Mafia and the Fox City's Murder and Mayhem podcasts. You've been listening to CORE on WCZR Code Zero Radio.